What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 102 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Plato and Nico Bryant. Our second show under the Variety Sports Network banner. Super proud and excited to be underneath and working with them here in the near future and beyond. Nico and I, this week, we talk Patty Pimblett. Uh, we'll give the audio of his post-fight interview as well, where, where he discusses men's mental health and that awareness. Uh, we talk a little bit about the Matthew Kachuk trade that happened late Friday night, thought sports was over and and that bomb was dropped from Calgary. So the NHL is, is in a wild place. Um, NFL divisional preview, we look at the AFC North, give our predictions as standings and what the records are going to be like. Also talk a little bit about the KD trade, where he's going to end up with an awesome start bench cut of pregame meals. That's uh, one that was made up on the fly, but it ended up being a great conversation. So all of that great stuff. Be sure, like we mentioned, we are under the Variety Sports Network banner. Follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore. Uh, they have a link tree to all of their great channels, all of those great shows. If you're listening to this on our feed, check out the Variety Sports Network feed. You can listen to our shows Wednesdays, but we're also going to be making some appearances on other people's shows and having them on ours as well. A uh, lot of great content, all consolidated in one place. So if you uh, follow Variety Sports Network, wherever you're getting your podcast, you can stay up to date with all of the other great shows as well that we're working with. Um, we have plenty of links and stuff that we'll mention throughout the show. So I'm not going to put them all in here. They're all in the link in the description as well. Um, so if you ever need any of those, we'll, we'll have those um, posted and keep you up to date with everything going on. Um, Nick, we we added some variety in our lives last week, and now we're back talking about some NFL. The first we're the British chippies now, man. We're the freaking England. We're, we're, we're Patty the Batty and Molly Meatballing over here. That just turned Italian real quick, and now we're great oh, Patty, Patty the Batty. This episode of the Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by the Variety Sports Network. Follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore for all the great content coming from that platform. You can also catch our show every Wednesday along with the other great shows and the other great hosts. On the Variety Sports oh, Network. Oh, Patty the Batty. Oh, oh Patty the Batty. Oh, <sighs> oh. What, what, what a freaking week of sports, eh? Huh? Yeah, it was uh, first no a weekend football, that, like, no hockey, there was no nothing. basketball. No, and baseball was baseball was an acid trip to be, like, let's be frank, over the weekend, baseball was an acid trip. The Boston Red Sox gave up 28 runs to the Toronto Blue Jays. So it was, yeah, Um, this is the, we said like, this is our break. This is our summer. We don't want to like, we're not trying to work ourselves to death because we got plenty of stuff that's coming, coming down the pike. And then the only sport that's really going on takes over. And that was, that was electric. Like it goes from zero to a hundred and you got Dave Portnoy in a, in a cat wig piece on top of his head i don't know what that was in a in a tuxedo uh, yeah it was it was awesome but we are back far into the bench episode 102 second presented by the variety sports network um and also row one brand anytime you go to row one brand.com 
you get 15% off anything in the art gallery when you use code VSP15. That's VSP15. That'll go back to the Variety Sports Network and uh, help us to continue to churn out the great content. There's shows pretty much throughout the, the entire week, not really anything so far on the weekends, but uh, lots of great stuff. YouTube channel as well, Variety Sports Network. Follow uh, us at FEOTB Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel for our end of the bench. Episode 102. Nick, how, how's it going? We're back on Zoom because you're yeah, traveling. Cause I, you're traveling, man, in, again. Because I'm in Utah. I'm in Utah. That, 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 that other side of the Rocky Mountains over here. So um, I'm here for another tournament. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, I, I don't necessarily love doing Zoom, but sometimes you have to make do when I'm gone. But it, it is what it is. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, this is the first time being in Utah since the. Um, SLC uh, Club Lacrosse Tournament National Championships, which I was here in 2017, 2018. So yeah, we had a we had a pretty cool time in uh, Utah. Our that was when we went to Jordan and beat Jordan in uh, senior year when we traveled as a team. That was our trip. It's it's funny. My hotel is right next to the Jazz Stadium. And it's funny walking by all the Gobert and Donovan Mitchell stuff on sale. It is kind of it's kind of funny. Donovan Mitchell hasn't been traded yet, and there's still all that shisa is on on sale. So it's hilarious. Oh man, I it always it always trips me out being in Utah and the mountains are on the east side instead of the west side. I can't yeah, get used to that. I, don't, I just um, it puts me in a bad mood. Other than that, it also like everything in Utah, every community that I've been in seems a little bit like it's just Arvada and it's moved a little bit further east. That's really what Utah ends up being to me. Uh, it, they only serve 3.5 beer. That's that's the other bad thing about Utah. So. Yeah, it's it's funny. I sit down at the hotel bar and I'm getting carded. I, obviously, you're supposed to card people, but they're but sitting down at honor system. Good. Yeah, and they're yeah, he's gonna like is real. bend the bend the card, check it up against the light. Yeah, I think click click, click yeah. All right, and yeah, that looks like a little bit like you. The mustache is throwing me off a little bit, so I guess you're okay. Uh, yeah, oh, it's 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 funny. It's it's funny here. It's 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 crazy too, man. It's it's also the best week of the year, Jimmy. It's what, the what, best week of the year. It's that? fucking Shark Week. It's fucking Shark Week too. I am watching Shark Week in my corner when when there's no sports on. It's before football season, and what always comes through for me, Shark Week. Watching the go Andy Casagrande and, and some sharks just eating on some stuff. Life yeah. is good. Life is flipping good. At what point are we going to finally get what we all deserve and get Orca Week? Because Orca Week would be some intense. Like they do some weird, weird stuff. Orcas and dolphins. I would do an Orca and Dolphin Week just to every now and then. We can still have Shark Week, but I feel like Shark Week, we've seen every show that we can possibly see. It's a shark. It's swimming up to a scuba diver. Oh, it's about to buy the tank. And then the, then the show ends, and that's it. Like, we poked you know a couple gonna, sharks. They still reel me in every year. No pun I, I'm, I'm just saying. every year. <laughs> I would like a homicidal murder dolphin week instead of shark week once every three years, and then I'll be satisfied. Those things, they punt stingrays out of the water. They like sit oh, up at the top of the surface and they punt to them as far as they can out of the water and don't eat them. They just they hunt great white sharks. Orc- yeah. Orcas are are one and the blue whales. Sharks. They hunt blue yeah. whales and they just pepper them like they one of 
one pack holds a perimeter and the other pack just peppers him with headbutts like smack 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 it's, it's they're, they're 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 beasts they're yeah like i said one of the great things why i love shark because we don't we know so little about the ocean obviously we live we live in the mountains so obviously we don't we're not around the ocean all the time but learning more about like the sea life and especially how freaking badass sharks are it's it's incredible i, I freaking yeah. love every second of it literally like like i don't I, usually i go out and do things i mean but there isn't a whole lot in salt lake right now going on because it's the middle of summer that's not like go skiing so i work and i'm watching shark week basically all yeah. week there you go it's uh yeah remember when we did you go snorkeling that year we went in the keys yeah i did yeah yeah i, I, I was uh, that was some cool. That's the first time, first and only time, other than a cruise that I went on, where I was out in the ocean to the point where you couldn't see land on the horizon, and that's always it's like a trip it's, and a half, it's, especially it's scary, for but it's uh, a Colorado it's kid. It's just like uh, I, I always remember that because somebody dropped their flipper, and I for some reason agreed to be the one to dive down, and I got all the way down and grabbed the flipper, and I look up, uh, in my head I go from the ocean floor grabbing the flipper to up. And I'm staring a barracuda in the eyes. And we both kind of look at each other. And I think he's a little bit scared of me. I'm a little bit scared of him. But I'm like 13. I'll go, <laughs> I'm trying to inflate my my life jacket in the bottom. Like, give me a, give me a, I need out. I need out. That's not help, help, like, out of here. I, I don't want this to get eaten by a, by a literally six foot barracuda. Give me the hell away. Yeah. Let me, uh, let, I need to get back on the boat. I belong in a landlocked state. That's where, this is where I belong. Uh, I think this is the sixth state that you've podcasted from, by the way. Uh, Florida. The sixth one? Florida, yeah. in Carolina, right? North and oh, yeah. South? Florida, South Carolina last year. I was uh, I was in Oklahoma. I was, yeah. in, Ve- I was in Vegas. I, Vegas slash Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll be in Florida in two more weeks. So mm-hmm. I've been, we, 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 we uh, I'm a traveling circus as I like, as I like to call myself. <laughs> Who says that we're just a Denver based podcast? We're, we're nationwide. That's why we joined the Variety Sports Network. We're nationwide now. Um, all right. Let's get into the, 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 sto- the topics that we uh, brought to the table. And that starts with the UFC. It was just a regular, it was just a fight night card. Um, didn't really give a whole bunch of, of attention to it. Basically, just the two fights that we're going to talk about. And um, it started off with the women's fight: Molly McDonald, uh, Molly Meatball, Barstool. Molly McCann, yeah, Molly McCann. Yeah, Molly, Molly McCann, Meatball, not Molly McDonald. McCann. Molly McCann. Um, Barstool got Barstool athlete and Patty Pimblett's best friend, training partner. She is uh, fighting like the girl that she's fighting was absolutely yoked. Uh, Molly, yeah, yeah. let's see, Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie was absolutely yoked, and they were they're having a fun exchange. It was three minutes. It was a wild. It was, it reminded me of that Arlovsky Travis Brown fight where it didn't go long, but the entire time that the fight was going on, they were throwing shots and exchanging. And at at points, Molly was catching a little bit in in striking. She was fighting like that was a a good fighter that she was going up against. It was kind of like the next tier where she's going to break through because. She's still young in the UFC. She hasn't, her and Patty are still trying to gain their footing and move up the ladder of the rankings. This was a huge step for her and the way that she did it in front of a hometown crowd. That was huge for them. I think it's one of the first UFC events that's been in the O2 arena since the pandemic. So that was a big milestone thing. Yeah, so there was, there was a great, a lot of great things that were going on. The O2 arena, I mean, like, look, 
it, that you saw a football, as they call it in Europe, football atmosphere, basically to a UFC event. Like it was, like it, that's not how much fun they have over there. Obviously, we have a fun over here, but it's a little bit different. The football, the football, and I'm saying football is in soccer, obviously. The football fans over there in Europe are a different level of, of craziness. And, and, they become and actual gangs. Yeah, like their teams. Arsenal it, is a gang. Imagine, imagine a basically a LA Dodgers versus San Francisco Giants where they can't, where they basically want to kill each other every time they see each other. Yeah, except the, every team is like that in Europe. It's the outsiders. Soccer. Yeah, it's the outsiders where you meet in the in the field with a lead pipe and a chain, and you just go at it, and whoever's left standing is whoever's left standing. It's and, it's ridiculous. And and bringing that to a UFC event, it's it's incredible. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. We well, look, look. I I went to that Conor McGregor Don Cerrone fight, and the, the 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 European backing. I mean, look, these two these two individuals, Patty and Molly, are both from England and British and Great Britain, and, and Conor McGregor with when he was from Ireland. It's a different atmosphere. It absolutely is. It's a different it's a different aura, a different thing in the building when it's a home country. Like I said, when 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 we have a fighter from Colorado fighting in Colorado. And a big UFC car, we all lose our minds. It's a yeah. whole country. It's it, it's 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 a whole nation that backs one fighter and it just embraces it. It's incredible to watch. It's it's great for the sport. I mean, it, like UFC just looks at that like catching, catching, catching. I'm not saying that Molly or Molly is going to be able to get to a belt. She has a long ways to go. She has to fight some real competition. Same with Patty. But this is if you're if you're looking to sell your mid card and undercards or whatever for the time being until these two get to a point where they're contending for stuff if they get there, this is exactly how you do it. Yeah. It's, not, no, it's, it's 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 incredible. It's it's best case scenario for the UFC and hopefully they. I I was talking a little bit about it last week with the Dagestanians coming after me for saying that uh, Makachev might not be ready for the step up in competition to go up against Oliveira. These, if the UFC takes it right with McCann and with Patty, this is uh, your main event, co-main event of your fight nights moving forward. Anytime that there's a fight card on ESPN, it should be Patty Pimblett and Molly McCann, co-main event, main event. Whichever one is, is doing better or getting a little bit more hype, moving up the rankings faster, you have the their teammates, one, and UFC likes to put teammates on the same card. They're both massive stars in their own way. And they're bigger stars outside of the octagon. Like they make a majority of their money not fighting. They make a majority of their money in between fights going to uh, football games because they don't miss a soccer. They Europe's weird that way where they do, don't have anything scheduled during the week, but they have soccer games on Saturdays and Sundays and everybody goes Saturdays and Sundays to the soccer games. So they're going to that. And uh, yeah, they're doing just doing their having their having fun and living their life they're like young young superstars and you're right there's still a long way to go for both of them really to see whether they're going to be like championship level fighters but right now they're two of the faster rising stars that are in the organization oh absolutely if you like i said dana's freaking loving every second of it one thing one thing that that ufc just thrives and loves to, to, to just to hammer on is the diversity. I mean, you look at like we hit. There's three African champions. The Nigeria, uh, uh, Nigeria has Kamar Usman. I'm not gonna mess mess up and, and mistakenly say the cr- country's wrong for Izzy and um, 
and and, and for Nganu, but they're both from from Africa. Like it, it's and like you talk about the Europeans, and you have the is the Islam, Makachev, the Dagestanis, the, the Czechs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Peter way- Peter Jan was uh, was Russian proper. I'm pretty sure. Yep. And you have the Waylees, like like that that come from China, like like mm-hmm. you can name Al Jermaine Al- Al- Sterling from Jamaica. I mean, it's all it's all everywhere. It's so so good. It's a sport, like I said. It's it's probably the fastest growing sport that we we we've, we've seen in the last 10, 15 years. A sport that basically twenty years ago in the in the early two thousands was barely able to, to to stay on his feet, and mm-hmm. that was making multi multi million dollar deals with athletes and traveling all across the world, selling out the biggest arenas in the world. That's because of the international aspect of having two people like Patty and the Molly McCanns in the world that can promote and, and, and excite the, the fans that just thrive on it all. Yeah. I, um, I think, too, the UFC is at the point now. It, we didn't think that they would get big when they big enough to where they could be sold for $4.5 billion. And they're at the point now with um, the ESPN deal where anything that they put out on TV is going to be able to make them money. They haven't done an event where they've lost in a long, long time. And they don't have to do the pay-per-view model anymore. They can just throw out fight nights or just on the ESPN Plus app. And they're able to just move forward with whatever they they kind of have to do. Uh, and, and it's an interesting spot for them to be in. So then you... you... Yeah, I mean, I really like, look, like these, these two fighters, I mean, Molly and Patty, they're so incredible. Like, obviously... Patty, I think, has obviously the most better skill set. Probably, um, you look at look at his wrestling and his grappling. It's it's very good. I'm not gonna say it's top of the division. I'm not gonna laugh on, but I mean, it's it's very respectable. And the guy can bang out, bang standing up on his feet. Like he's very very solid on multiple parts of his game. That's what makes him dangerous. And if you're the UFC, if you see a guy having finishes like he has the last couple of fights, where he chokes the guy out, basically. The, one of the cleanest chokeholds you'll ever see, and, and the the knockout power he has too, it's perfect. It's it, mm-hmm. it's 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 perfect. It's a guy that literally is eating freaking chicken wings in the post game press conference because the guy just loves to eat. He cuts he got, yeah, gets up to two oh five and then cuts down to featherweight. That's I, I heard that Padres picture of him and Molly was was a uh, uh, photoshopped. He, he said it was photoshopped, yeah. But either way, the guy does not necessarily. Hey, I mean, if you're gonna, if you do it the right way, and it looks like he does it the right way, because he comes when you see him at the weigh-in, he never comes out of shape. He's always all tip-top, ready to go, and um, he's his style. I don't think he's as good of a kickboxer as Cerrone. But the style yeah. is similar to a Cerrone, where you have good stand-up and you don't really fear going to the ground. Because when he went to the ground in that fight, it kind of – it's like a shark – speaking of Shark Week, it's like when you're watching a shark circle of prey. And you see that they don't really see what's coming, and all of a sudden it's almost inevitable that it's going to slip in and his neck is around and it's a, it's a choke. He's getting up and, and halo teabagging his opponent. Um, and we're talking about a, a finish from Patty the Batty in now three fights in a row for the UFC. He's undefeated in the UFC. I think he's on a six-fight win streak going back to his old organization. The last fight that he lost, I think, was a title fight in that organization. And the sky's the limit for both of these two fighters. It's going to be how Dana White and the UFC choose to handle them, though. 
Where, which division is he? Is he in? Is he one? He's a one forty-five. Yeah, he's so, not currently in the top ten. I looked through the divisional rankings earlier. Saying, he's not ranked. So, so is he? Is he O'Malley's division? I think that is one forty-five. Um, I can't remember if. Because, hold on. So, so Sugar Show has a fight coming up against. I think against Yon. I guarantee you, Yon will whoop his ass. So, uh, so yeah, if, I don't like that matchup at all I, for, I think, I for think Sugar Show. Kick his butt. But if 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 Patty's in that same division, he'd be out for that every second of it. I I would. That would be. That's that's a that's a. That's a that's a fight night card that you put on ABC. Patty versus freaking O'Malley. Fire me up with that. I'm I'm maybe uh, spitballing wrong divisions here, but I feel like that's the same, isn't it? Let's see. Let's see. Is, well, that's the thing. Is Sugar Show gonna be in the top ten rankings? Is he gonna be? Well, because he just won his last fight. Last? Oh no, no, he lost technically, but it was the eye poke. Uh, so he'll. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's man, I think. He... Is he bantamweight or is he featherweight? That's oh yeah, maybe he's one. I don't think he's in the way, top. He's not in the top tens. If, if you look at those divisions, though, it's going to be take. It's going to take a lot, Patty, to get up there. It's going. It's it's. You look at the top of those divisions. He's not on Volk's level. He's O'Malley's a one weight class below him. Oh okay, that's why that's why I thought it was round. Either way, that that weight class he's in, there's some there's some very very tough competition that I would love to see him throw it in, throwing him in there. See what happens. He, so here's here's where I think he sits currently. The so eight, nine, and ten in, in featherweight is Giga Chikadizi, Chikadizi, yeah. who's got a fourteen and three record. Yair Rodriguez, who was kind of the Patty Pimblet, they were trying to push him of Mexico when he was coming up and then fell on hard times, almost got cut from the UFC. And then you have Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater just lost or, or just beat uh, Giga Chikadze. So Did you can Yair maybe – just win too, like two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, Yair just beat Brian Ortega via TKO earlier, earlier this month. Uh, so there's was, guys, there's guys at the end of – like I think you can reasonably say that Patty Pimblett could be ready for Giga Chikadze – and the guys in front of him at nine and eight, then a, a lot of the reason why guys get in trouble when they get pushed really fast is okay. You, you get lucky and you beat the shark that they tried to throw you up against when you weren't ready. What's next? There's only other sharks left, at least in this situation with Patty Pimblett, you can make a case for him being able to beat Yair Rodriguez. Cause I think he's got a better ground game. If he's able to get inside of the strikes and the dynamic game of right Rodriguez he can get in there, get him down, and, and go to work. Calvin Cater, I think that you can make a case where it could be a really good fight, and it's going to teach him something. But it, none of these fights would derail him in a way where you couldn't see him standing up and putting on a decent showing and proving his championship medal. Because at some point, whether you start, whether you win all of these fights or lose, you are going to have to take that next step up in competition. Is it the correct time for Patty Pimlet, though, is the question. He's only three fights into the UFC. I think you give him another unranked fight. He beats him the same way he has been. Then you go. Then you throw him in with, with. I, I think Yair, Yair is obviously going to run it back to Ortega because of that freak shoulder injury that Ortega had in that fight. So that's gone out the window. Calvin Cater, if he loses his next fight, then probably throw him to him. At this point, Cater was a guy that was that was sniffing around the top of that division, sniffing around getting a belt chance. And just never was able to get through to the top. And if he keeps falling, I think that's a guy you can throw on that easily. Um, I said, I, I think he still has a long way to go. 
I, I'm, 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 when I watch him, I'm like, this is so exciting. He's a great fighter, but I'm like, I don't know if he's ready for the dogs yet. <laughs> like, like you gotta have, you gotta have, you gotta have some experience. You gotta have some big name fights um, before you get to the big dogs. To, 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 for me, for the UFC to be like, yeah, you're, you're a big time main eventer now. You can put yeah. on a show, absolutely. Connor yeah. put on a show. He, get, he put on a show and worked his way to a double champ. No one would ever say Conor McGregor is one of the greatest of all time MMA fighters, but the guy did it when he, when he made his money when he could and got to the top when it was his time. Patty, yeah. I think, has to do the exact same thing. Okay, and, and then here's what I'll throw out at you. What's the fight that really put Conor McGregor on that map? Diego, the, no, not Poirier, but the Diego Brandao knockout before yeah. that. That was really the fight. I, I would say this, it wasn't a knockout, but it was a finish. Patty Pimblett just had his Diego Brandao fight. Maybe you give him a Yair Rodriguez. That could be his Poirier situation, yeah. where it's a guy that is more established in the division, had been on a, a hot streak earlier in his career and trying to get back on track. And can the young buck ups, upset him at that point? And I still, like I said, if Patty Pimblett loses a fight here, He's 27. He's still on a good trajectory. Yeah. He's fighting at a, a massive clip, too. I think he's got, like, three fights in the last two years since the pandemic happened. It, it, it's ridiculous, the, the pace that he's going at. So he, I feel like he's going to be able to get himself back if he if he does somehow lose on – or not somehow. If he does lose on this current run, he's not going to have more opportunities. He will have more opportunities in the future. So it's not do or die for him. But also, I think the, I mean, the main talk about Patty Pimblett af- was after his fight, and it was his his post fight press conference where he decided to instead of celebrate, Michael Bisping gave him the the platform, and he decided to take a stand and made a statement on men's mental health. Um, after, I mean, he had a, a friend that unfortunately took his own life before his fight, and he was told the news on Friday, the day of the weigh in, so he needed to make a stand, and, and he felt like he made a statement. I think it was very well spoken and definitely uh, it's something that's been talked about a little bit more, but I think that it's never, it's a subject that you can't ever speak about enough. So it was really cool to see a guy take the the time instead of celebrating and putting the spotlight on him, putting the spotlight on something that he feels really strongly about. And is obviously you could tell it was genuine. It wasn't like he was doing that to try and garner the attention that he got. He was just doing that because he, he felt like he needed a release somehow, and that was the, the one way that he could. No, I, I, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That's it was it was uh, it was perfectly said to a point. I mean, I don't have to I don't have to reutter what he said, but it's 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 such a perfect way to say. It. Like I said, fight the fight game is a tough one. Sports in general are a tough one. There's constantly people that are struggling with with whatever it may be, and, and especially in the male with us males, like we, it's sometimes not talked about because it's supposed to be tough, it's supposed to be all this and that. Like I said, it's it, it was perfectly put, and, and I cannot utter his award his words enough because, mm-hmm. like I said, it's 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 a lot easier to, to be able just to, to, to try to sit down. It's not a fun conversation. No one loves having it, but it's a conversation that's better to have than than dealing with the consequences later. So it's it was perfectly put. Um, it's it shows that Patty obviously cares not only just about about fighting about putting on a show about being himself that he's more more about him and more about that and that's it's incredible absolutely incredible for the sport we're gonna go ahead and play his just the audio of his interview because neither of us can really put it paraphrase it it's something that you got to hear 
and uh, it's a message worth spreading. So go ahead, sit back and listen to Patty's post-fight interview where he talks about uh, mental health awareness in men. And we'll come back on the other side, get into some other topics and uh, move on from UFC fight night over the weekend here on episode 102 of the far end of the bench on Variety Sports Network. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Dan Mohenny is called to stop to this contest at two minutes, 46 seconds of round number two. Declaring the winner by submission due to a rear naked choke, Patty the Patty I'm here with Paddy Pimblett. Paddy, you did it again. You rocked the O2. This is how I get down, boy. You said this week you knew he was going to shoot for a single leg. Looked like you'd done your homework. Yeah, um, once again, disappointed in my performance, lad. That's not... In the back, lad, was firing on all cylinders. That's not me, lad. I was... Pardon me, French. I'm better than that. It was a tough first round, but it was a beautiful finish in the second round. The way you took the back and the way you trapped the arm with the arm triangle, very creative. Is that something you drilled in training camp? That's something I always do. I always do it, lad. I can't help it. It's something I'm very good at. You are very good. As I said at the start, you and Molly rocked the old two once again. When you walked out here, the energy was unbelievable. This crowd lost their mind. You got a few words for the crowd? I love each and every single person sitting in this crowd, lads. They're the best. But, uh, can I say a few words? Please. I want to I wanna dedicate this fight to little baby Lee. Little warrior, like more of a fighter than any of us will ever be. But also, I woke up on Friday morning at 4 a.m. to a message that one of my friends back home had killed himself. This was uh, five hours before me weighing. So, Ricky, lad, that's for you. But. There's a stigma in this world that men can't talk. Listen, if you're a man and you've got weight on your shoulders and you think the only way you can solve it is by killing yourself, please speak to someone. Speak to anyone. People would rather... I know I'd rather me make cry on my shoulder than go to his funeral next week. So please, let's get rid of this stigma and men start talking. And as we continue on here on episode 102 of the Far End of the Bench podcast, one reminder, we are presented by the Variety Sports Network. You can follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore. You can also go ahead and check out AAA's Treats. You get 10% off any order when you mention Variety Sports Network. So we're super proud to be flying the VSN banner 
and we have some new perks for you guys. So Triple A's Treats, I think that's a sweets company where you can get them delivered to you and you get 10% off if you mention Variety Sports Network. So check them out. Get some, uh, it's a good gift idea. I know it's a little bit far off, but if you got a birthday or some sort of anniversary coming up, it's not a bad idea. Go check out Triple A's Treats and uh, mention Variety Sports Network. So we just listened to Patty's audio. Obviously, we mentioned, we talked about it before, but it's super, super cool to see an athlete decide to take that stand in his, his post-game press conference and his platform. Uh, athletes do hold a little bit of sway over emotions, and we learned that over the weekend as well because Friday night, here's uh, set the stage. All the East Coast fans decide, okay, it's probably time. I can go to bed, not have to worry about any news breaking. I think it was 11.15 Eastern time, and, and basically the world decided, okay, we can go ahead, we can take a breath. Uh, then Calgary says, yeah, fuck that. We're not sleeping. We're going to go ahead and pull the fire alarm. Trades, Matthew Kachuk and a conditional fourth round pick to South Florida. And it, it, the conditions of the trade were the, the return of the trade. Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, Cole Schwint, and a projected lottery pick in 2025 going back to Calgary. So Jonathan Huberto, the assistant captain for the Florida Panthers, shipped out along with defenseman Mackenzie Weger. And Matthew Kachuk is back in America, and he's in the Eastern Conference already playing up to the We Hate Tampa Bay, playing into the rivalry, everything like that. Um, did you – like, I know that we said that this was a possibility. It was getting fished out there. I didn't expect it to go down when it did, and I did not expect it to go down between the two teams that it did. Were you thinking Florida? When I saw the deal that Calgary got, I now know why. Because <laughs> thinking about it like this. Matthew Kachuk, I would not put him above Miko Rantanen. Okay, What's he's not. No, hell I, no. He's not. Would you give up Miko? Would you? Would you like if you sent Miko Rantanen to Calgary and you got what they got back? Like, like, like imagine the caliber of player. Look, Calgary, you lose Gaudreau, you lose uh, Matthew Kachuk. You get a young stud in Mackenzie Weaker, Huberto, who's on, who's who's. I think around the same age as Matthew Kachuk, you get a lottery pick. Calgary may have won this deal. Okay. Okay. But how are they going to, here's, here's where you're, I see where you're trying to go with this. And I'm going to just put this, going to see if you can answer this question then. How are they going to re-sign Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger when it's been proven that Calgary and the Canadian teams since post pandemic, whether it's right or wrong, can't re-sign they're stars, especially when they're not from Canada. Unless you're playing for your hometown team, you really don't want to have to put up with the bullshit that it is to play in the NHL on a Canadian team right now. I may be wrong. I thought I saw where they interviewed them and they said they're willing to sign long-term deals. I may be wrong, but I swear I thought I saw that. And if you're Florida, this this feels like a Los Angeles Lakers type deal where they go all in for another superstar and give up the farm to try to build something that they think they are. Right, they did that for Giroux. What happened to him? He walked three, four months later. Not even gave you half of a playoff run. Not even now you're doing this with Chuck, who uh, he signed. Actually, back he he they they did sign him. He signed for five, eight and a half. So he's there. He's with you for a long term future. But at what cost? Right. You just you just mortgage your your young studs. Hoover though was the guy wearing the A for you, and, and look, Kachuk probably will do that just for you. The exact same way, way back, 
Yeah, but, but that's just out of that's out of circumstance. It's not an assistant captain because of merit. It's an assistant captain because we traded our assistant captain for you. This, like, this exactly. This seems like a move. Look, if you're if you're gonna trade away what they did to trade away for a guy, you gotta hope this puts you above other teams. I don't think it does. Right? No. I. Still I it's gonna do. I, I mean, it, they're it, gonna play the exact same way. I, it, it, I think it'll be the exact same thing. I exactly. I think they'll be a good very season team. I think they still won't be better than the Lightning. I still don't think they'll be better than New York. And look what look what Carolina did in the offseason too. I still don't think they're better than them. I really Car- don't. Carolina is yeah, Carolina is so, scary. So so if, if you're if you're Florida, you just gave up a lot for a guy. And you and look, maybe it's worth it. Maybe maybe they get a cup run out of it and they can get to the Stanley Cup final and go from there. Because look, that's all the goal is. And you have to think, they won the President's Trophy last year. The last two teams or three teams that won the, la- the, the President's Trophy the year before won it. Avs did it. Lightning did it. Uh, um, Lightning did it the year before, and I think St. Louis did it too. It's, it's a recurring thing that, that's – or not St. Louis, sorry, uh, Washington did. Washington did. I don't think St. Louis did. But either way, it's a recurring thing. You have to think maybe this team has a shot. So, if you're Florida, you go in and, and try for it, I guess. Here's the here's I'm looking up the I'm getting the stats right now. The <clears throat> so last season, Matthew Kachuk had 42 goals, 62 assists, and 104 points playing with Johnny Gaudreau. And they had that line where I think all three of them had over 100 points. Jonathan Went home, Huber- home yeah. um, Kachuk and uh, Gaudreau. Jonathan Huberto in Florida last season, 30 goals, 85 assists, 115 points. He was a third plus 35. Uh, Kachuk was a plus 57. It's it, it, when you look at it that way and you break down the stats, it honestly does make it, it, it makes it a little bit more of just a fair swap. Like it makes sense that Matthew Kachuk would have been traded for Jonathan Huberto because they're on the same level. I think that Matthew Kachuk's numbers are a little bit inflated because of the guys that he was playing with. Jonathan Huberto was the engine of his line. If you want to put it, if you want to make the comparison, Jonathan Huberto would have been the Johnny Gaudreau of his team. Johnny Gaudreau was the engine of that line that, that did it. Matthew Kachuk just benefited from being next to him and picking up the rebounds off the other wing. And, and Lindholm is, is a stud. If Lindholm, if Calgary really is going to sell off everybody, I would not be upset if Joe Sackick was calling on Calgary about Elias Lindholm in, in the near future, because it, it could be something that we're, we're talking about for the Colorado Avalanche, but this Matthew Kachuk trade, I don't think that he's going to be able to produce the same way that he did in Calgary because he's not going to have the same supporting cast around him. And he got a lot of the money that would have been able to go to getting a supporting cast. I don't think that he's a good enough player. I agree with you. Miko, he's not on Miko Rantanen's level. And truly, Miko Rantanen could probably be the guy on his team. But Miko Rantanen is just fine fitting in as like the third best player. He can play really good shutdown defense when he needs to. But honestly, he's a third option. It's McKinnon. It's really McCarr, but it, it would probably be McKinnon, Landeskog, and then Rantanen if you're just going to go forwards or or another person inserted instead of uh, Miko Rantanen. And Matthew Kachuk is is nowhere near that level. If, if you're Florida, what you just gave up for him, you're saying Kachuk is that guy, right? I don't, we, don't, we both don't think he is, but maybe he will be, right? You never know, I guess. But but that's to be, to be seen the rest of his career and his contract. But what you gave up for him, you have to hope that if you're 40, you have to hope he produces that way. That's being the guy. Uh, if he, does, if he gets less than 100 points on the, in this season, it's a total failure. You're, you paid him 
to have 100 points a season and probably upwards of 35 plus goals. That 100 points can't be 85 assists. You got to be putting the puck in the net yourself and driving. You got to be the guy. You got to drive your team now. And and Florida's struggled like mightily. They they are in the in the second round curse right now, and it's a hell of a curse to try and break. We it took us a, a few years to do it as a Colorado Avalanche, and I think the Avalanche were set up way better than what the Florida Panthers are going to be. Well, Florida is trying to buy their way, right? This this like I said, this this seems like Los Angeles. It's total Lakers, panic. It's total chaos. You t- talk about Bobrovsky. Talk talk about uh, um the Drew now Kachuk. I mean, they're trying to buy their way to a championship, and it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It when when was the last time a team made a star player move? That 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 propelled that team, and within two years of winning a championship, right? Mark like, Messier, like, Mark Messier, like, like, when he went to the Rangers initially, probably like, that, like, that was the last it's one. It's been a long, long time since someone's made a star player move for a guy and won a championship within one or two years. Yeah, and, and, and like like if you're hoping for Kachuk is that guy, you have to you have to figure out what else you're gonna do. I said Mackenzie Weger is a top four defenseman. You lose him. Huberto is your Huberto. He's going to be a top four defenseman in Calgary because they don't have shit on the back end on that. Huberto, who is one of your best offensive producers, you just shipped off. You lose both those pieces and a, a lottery projected first round pick. That's that's a lot. Like like that's 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 a trade, uh, a quote unquote maybe Matt Duchesne type trade that uh, comes five six years down the road. We're looking at Calgary being like, damn, they got all that. For, for this guy, right? You got to figure guy? out got to figure out how to keep guys around. That's what I'm going to keep coming back to with Canadian teams. Unless you're Toronto. Yeah, there's no doubt. Unless you're Toronto, it's been difficult, and, and it hasn't been, you know, it's not been great. Um, the other thing, I guess the last thing that we'll tie up with NHL free agency, I've heard this floated around, especially now that we're this long into free agency and we haven't heard news that we were expecting. The more Nazem Kadri doesn't sign, the more I think that nobody wants the less to, money he's making. They, they don't want the, like he's not going to get the offer that he wants. So why not? If you're him, take another year long contract, get paid a lot of money up front because the avalanche could do that for a season and not have to blow their cap up out of the water. And you prove it to him again. And you have another contract season where you score 60 points or, or, and have however many goals assist. And you prove, because right now, He's not getting the contract that he wants because teams look at him and go, he's 32. He's had the discipline issues. I know that he just made it through and looks like he's turned the corner, but he might be a little bit too old. So you got to be able to prove it again. And if you really want to be on the contender and have a chance to prove it again, this is the team that you're going to do that on. This is you, you know, you're going to fit right into the system and you're going to make the second line right now. You could have the second line of, Landeskog, Kadri, and Nachushkin, or Landeskog, Kadri, Lekkinen, or Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, or any any one of those combinations. If Kadri comes back and takes that, I think it's going to be a shorter contract. I would be fine with that. I would be fine with being used for, by Nazem Kadri to try and prove that he's worth the money that he wants to make. I, I don't know what your feelings are hit, on that, but... Hit, 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 my, my feelings are this. There's no cap room to give him half of what he wants, right? There's not enough cap room to give him half what he wants. Teams like having some sort of cap room to a point where in the regular season you're like, oh, maybe we need to make a move. Like we we there's cap room we have. That's how that's how you bring in Andrew Cogliano. That's how you bring in Lekkinen. Well, that's how you make those deals at the deadline. Let me ask you. Room. 
Let me I, let me and, throw this out here too. If you do sign him to a short, like a, a season long contract, so he can go out and prove it again, and he doesn't produce the way that you think he is, or or maybe you you're still not able to reach any kind of agreement for the future, he could be your trade. Like you don't want to trade a second line center, but if you need uh, to shore up another position, you could trade him for a solid defenseman if if need be. God forbid of injury or or something like that. I know that it's not ideal, but you'd be able to get something out of him then. And you get possibly him to lead your team again to a Stanley Cup. You could trade him at the deadline or he proves what he is worth and he goes out and gets a contract. I think that we all know he deserves and probably should have got this season. I have no no clue what the reason is behind the general managers not wanting Nazem Kadri to help out their team. Uh, but that's that's where we're kind of sitting right now. Kadri isn't on this team without someone else getting in there. Let's put it this way. You trade you trade out Gerard, you trade out Comfort, one of those guys, you're basically trading them for Kadri. This isn't a signing of a guy because there's zero cap room to do that. Literally negative zero cap room to do that. So somebody's gonna have to buy a bullet and unfortunately be gone. So we're we're like I said, it's it's that, I that's almost just I almost just want to want him to move on from it at this point. Let's figure it out some other way. because right, you're gonna you can find a second line center. You can't really find because I know the guy that everybody wants to move for somebody else is Gerard. And well, I can agree with you that he played like shit against Vegas in last year's playoffs. And there's times where he doesn't play well. There's also times where he's in the Norris conversation and is a top four stud in the NHL, whether he's short and can't really play physical or not. Like the dude is special. He's not a guy that you trade for. Um, a second line center. He's a guy that you trade for a cornerstone piece of your franchise. Like if, if uh, Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin would have been available, you could move with Sam Gerard to try and get one of those guys to come on board. Um, at this point, I think that I'm good with moving on from Nazem Kadri. as much as I yeah. love him. We'll have, we'll have the playoff run, but. If he's able to take a, take a hometown deal then i'll be all bored for it but i would much rather at this point keep that four million so you have room to, to room the room to mess around at the deadline in case something happens that's that's my thoughts on it i said i love the guy but it's i, I think it's i think it's okay to move on because i'm not paying him eight years of money i'm sorry i'm not i will take two or three at the most yeah two or three because on this, at two or two or three, the contract could age poorly, even just at the two or three year mark. Um, I think the NHL offseason and free agency has been a little bit more NBA esque because when the NBA gets the wrap of all, having all the moves go in the offseason, let's move into the NBA offseason. And a major story that I saw floating around ESPN today: the Celtics are in on a trade, are in on trade negotiations right now for Kevin Durant. Now they're, they're not farther ahead than any of the other teams. But the floated packages right now have Jalen Brown set as the centerpiece of this trade. So they'd be getting rid of Jalen Brown and however many other pieces they would need to to bring in Kevin Durant and play with Jason Tatum. There's a few things that I, I guess did you expect Boston to be in on the trade one? And then I have a couple other questions that I think myself I, and the bench I, I warmers would, would like answered. I would expect them. But at the same time, if you're Brooklyn and you're denying a trade for Jalen Brown, get out of here. You're not going to get a better deal. Boston is offering up Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown outperformed Jason Tatum in the NBA Finals. Fight me on this. He did. 
And, and, and look, I get Tatum's untouchable. Pairing Tatum with KD would be something. Do you think KD would really want to go play in Boston after everything Kyrie got? Right? Like, 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 like think about it like that. If you're Boston, do are, is KD go? Is this a two-year rental that you're trading Jalen Brown for? Like, seriously, are you willing to do that? Like, like he's a free agent in two or three years. He's gonna get up and leave your ass. Are you willing to trade your future? 20, 20, under 25 years old, Jalen Brown, who proved that he was a stud in last year's playoffs, produced all the way until the finals, unlike Kevin Durant, who got bounced in four games. Are you willing to do that? If you're Brooklyn, you take that deal and say, yep, I don't care. If you're giving me Jalen Brown and two first-round picks or Jalen Brown and, say, Peyton Pritchard or Grant Williams, you take that deal flying, flying colors. Because you have your cornerstone of building the future. You trade Kyrie and get picks as well, or you get players, and you have some future. Remember, this is a team that doesn't have first-round picks. Bucky got rid of it all, whether it be the Blake Griffin deal or, or be, the, be the Kyrie deal or KD deal. These are, these are, this is a team that is scrapping for young guys. You just, they just lost Bruce Brown. Uh, uh, Nick Claxton, probably going to be out the door. A team that's going to be begging for young pieces. Boston's offering you Jalen Brown. You take that. I'm sorry. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be there already. He told you already that, right? He told you he didn't want to be there. If you can get a Jalen Brown type player who will be your all-star for a long period of time, it will work out beautifully. I was going to – I mean, you kind of answered some of the questions just in your, your take initially there. I was going to say – if Jalen Brown goes off, that would then be the centerpiece and would Kyrie stick around? Or I think Brooklyn at that point would probably just be ready to be done, done with it. If I was Brooklyn, I'd be ready to have been done with Kyrie and that experiment when he was only being able to play half the games. I get that it's his choice and all of that, but he proved to you that he was going to put himself above the team. And at that point, if you're truly trying to win a championship, you're going to have to cut that shit out and you're going to have to take that tumor and remove it. So I think it's, it should be time to get rid of Kyrie no matter what. Um, if KD does go to Boston, is Boston going to be better or worse off or just kind of in the same spot? Because I assume they're going to have to trade Jalen Brown. Who else do you think would be involved in that deal? Or do you know if there's people, the other I people think, that are involved? I think it'd be Grant Williams. I think it'd be Peyton Pritchard, the guy from, from Oregon they drafted. Um, probably, probably those three. And, and probably they'll keep Marcus Smart. Probably those three, and you're looking at possibly Robert Williams. If 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 Brooklyn's gives you Robert Williams and Jalen Brown alone for Kevin Durant, and, and maybe throw in a first round pick, you take. Because look, Time Lord over there would be perfect centerpiece for for Brooklyn. You they lost Jared Allen. He's gone to Cleveland. You trade him away for for whatever reason. You can have him be your centerpiece. You have Jalen Brown be, be the guard. And look, if Kyrie wants to stick around, that's a team that's a playoff team in the East. It is. That's a team that's a playoff team in the East and that could set themselves up to a point where you can grow and maybe get another offseason move here or there that you're still better than the Knicks and you're still a team that teams would be like, oh, you know what? That's a good young core over there. Let me go over there. Look, Kevin Durant has said he doesn't want to be there. Kyrie Irving is not proven. If you can get Jalen Brown for this, you jump on it. I can't stress this enough. I look if, if Boston shopping Jalen Brown, I'll take Jalen Brown. I'll give you Aaron Gordon. I'll give you Bones Highland. I love Bones, but I'll give you Bones. I'll give you whatever you want outside the big three for Jalen Brown because I think he's that good of a player. So if you're shopping Jalen Brown like that, 
come, please come to Denver and win a championship here. So if you're Brooklyn and you're 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 looking for a Rudy Gobert trade, it's not gonna be out there because Minnesota and Utah are two dumbasses, basically, and and just basically said, you know what? He we don't want him anymore, and you want him so badly. Let's just screw each other over. That's exactly what they did. And you're not gonna find that deal out there for Kevin Durant. You should, but but if you're trying to up that trade because it happened sooner, no, go get yourself Jalen Brown. Go get yourself Time Lord Robert Williams and set yourself up. Think about this. Look, last time Brooklyn went all in, quote unquote, was with KG and Paul Pierce, and you traded them in, and you had Darren Williams and Joe Johnson. There's your big four. Everyone's saying this is the next big super team. Team didn't make it to pass the Eastern Conference Finals. Team ran to LeBron. Team ran into the Pacers. Just got run out the gym, and they didn't have draft picks for four or five years. They finally got to the point where they were a playoff team with D'Angelo Russell, with, with Jared Allen, with Karis LeVert, where they are a very, very good young team, and they trade all them away, and here we are again, right? Here we are again. Like, look, sometimes look, it's, it's funny to think they will build not buy, built not buy. There's something that goes into that. You add on to a championship team that's built, right? The Warriors, you added Durant, you added the likes of Andrew Wiggins, you added these guys into your foundation that made you a, 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 a team that has sustained success for so long. You haven't gotten to that point at all, Brooklyn. You're not there yet. And you're given this opportunity with Boston, you take it with fine colors. Uh, does Boston get better or worse with the package that they'll have to give up with KD? Oh, they, they, they get better. They get better? It'll still... Okay, so both cost. sides are still – both sides will probably benefit no matter what is what you're saying yeah. because Brooklyn will be fine having Jalen Brown. That's the piece you can build around. And obviously Boston with KD and Jalen Jason Tatum going at you every night is going to be something different. Um, that's just – it was interesting. Like I said, they're nowhere near – they're not in front or behind anybody else. Nobody's really getting – further along in the negotiations with Brooklyn because Brooklyn's being stingy and you know Brooklyn's going to try and and swindle somebody um, and it may or may not work out for him and then they're going to have to deal with Kevin Durant probably not playing because I think that Kevin Durant's the kind of player that would probably sit out if he doesn't get his way and he he wants out and and look the the guy barely handles a Brooklyn media how do you think he's going to handle the Boston media well, yeah, you're gonna hope right? that he has, like, you're gonna like, have to hope on. that he falls in love with basketball again, so that he's in the gym. Otherwise, those guys are gonna tear him, damn the shreds. We're gonna rip him apart. Pack can't have it, God. I don't <laughs> like you, Boston. It's okay. It's, you can hate me. I hate something. you. The feelings mutual. It'd be something. I'll tell you that. All right. Um, let's go ahead. We'll. we'll I've changed the background when you guys are watching this on YouTube, either on Variety Sports or on our YouTube channel. Uh, by the way. We are sponsored by, not sponsored, under the banner of Variety Sports Network. You guys can check out In The Clutch Sports. Uh, get 10% off your whole order with code Variety Sports, all capitals, all one word, V-A-R-I-E-T-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S, Variety Sports. You get 10% off your order uh, at In The Clutch uh, Sports, which is a, a clothing brand company, I believe. They also have some uh, other merchandise that you could buy. Episode 102 of the Far End Adventure Podcast, Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant, proud members of the Variety Sports Network. And uh, you can follow us at FEOTB pod. We're going to get into some NFL divisional talk because training camp is just, it's a week away. Like we're, we're it's not even a week away. They report this week. Oh yeah. They're here. Actually, you're right. It, it, it actually started yeah. today. So they're out there. The teams are, 
are getting in their work. We're going to have three preseason games, but the, the season is pretty much the uh, underway. This is when, when things start getting ironed out. We already have, I'll talk about it, some position battles that are going on. But we decided we'll do divisional breakdowns. We're going to take a division that we're each invested in. So I'm doing AFC North with my Bengals, obviously. Nico will do AFC West, and we'll go back and forth and give a, a prediction. I'm predicting the st- the outcomes, so who will win the division and the records for each of the teams, and I have some reasons behind it as well. Uh, but before we get into that, wanted to mention we do have merchandise available as well through Variety Sports. You go to www.bonfire.com backslash store backslash variety dash sports dash network you can go ahead and get some far end of the bench merchandise from there we have coffee mugs hats t-shirts and we just added got added tank tops in there as well so that's uh, bonfire.com slash store uh, slash variety dash sports dash network uh, to check out the merchandise there but afc north nico the the afc was represented by the afc north in the super bowl i don't know if you remember that Yes, it was not by the team anyone thought it would. Not even. Yeah. It was totally out of left field, totally out of nowhere. I, it took me by surprise, and I was lucky enough then to have two of my teams go on championship runs, ending in different ways. But that's that's where we're starting. The 2021 recap, the Bengals go from worst to first in the division behind a revamped offensive attack. For whatever reason, they were able to score 30-plus points a game pretty much on everybody except for the Broncos this past season. And they got hot at the right times, went on a huge run from the fourth seed in the AFC, beat the Raiders at home, first playoff victory in 31-plus years, beat the Tennessee Titans on the road, last-second field goal in the divisional round, beat the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime on a field goal from rookie kicker Evan McPherson, and then represent the AFC in Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams, unfortunately, fall short. Uh, The fatal flaw being the offensive line, and the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald, making life a living hell and, and winning the game for the Los Angeles Rams. So, unfortunately, the Bengals still winless in their Super Bowl appearances, but it was also the first Super Bowl appearance since 1988. So, I don't have too much to be upset about from that 2021 outcome. And uh, I guess any thoughts that you had from the AFC North from last season before I get into my predictions here? I, I'll touch my predictions too here in a little bit. Um, I think there's there's uh, there's two teams that I think can win this division. I think I think two of them are are at the bottom half that that are not necessary are are well one team especially is 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 having other off field off the field issues. That I think they'll play into their season. Um, and if if I'm if I'm if I'm look if I'm a betting man on this on this on this division, my prediction was would, would be the Browns last place because of the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, I don't I don't like I said I, I can't bet here in Utah, so so I don't know what the lines look like, so I can't I can't exactly pull that up for you. But if you're if you're a betting man, I would put Browns last place because Deshaun Watson's not playing. I'm not betting on Jacoby Brissett to win this division. Let's put it this way. Uh, um, and, and it's right now. Look, if you're if you're the Steelers, you gotta hope that you get something for Trubisky, or you have pick coming. Right? If you're the Ravens, get a healthy Lamar. Right? And and then the situation with Lamar is is all circling around, being like, well, he hasn't signed his contract. Kyler just got a fat deal. Lamar probably is the next one to get that type of deal. Right? Probably the next one, next wave to come in and. If if you're if you're the Ravens, you have that rolling overhead. That's a problem. 
if you're the Bengals, you're a team that's like, we don't have any off-field issues. We're just coming off a fucking... For once, for once in our history. We're we're coming off a vacation. And and everyone else in this division is a shit show, right? Everyone else. If if I'm a bet man, I'm picking one team out of this division to come come in the playoffs. I'm not taking two teams out of here. I think it's either going to be Cincinnati or I think it's going to be Baltimore. Can Joe Burrow do what he did again last year? Because like I said, quarterbacks that have that second year leap, look at Lamar Jackson, look, look, look at what Joe Burrow did last year. Usually teams can figure them out to a point the following year. Can Joe Burrow sustain that? I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he will. But, but it, it's a question of can he? And, and I think he can. I absolutely think he can. But what what is what what now that people have this much film on you, have see what you've been able to do a full length season of full film, can you replicate the results? That's the big question with Cincinnati. Can you replicate results? Because yeah. because right now your division, you can beat up, you can beat the Steelers twice this year. You can probably beat the Browns twice this year if Deshaun Watson doesn't play the second game. You can definitely beat them twice this year. Ravens, you may lose one in Baltimore because Baltimore is a tough place to play. So that's that. And and you're Cincinnati, you lose one or two games, division games, you're in the playoffs, not a sweat. So, so, but that's the biggest question. You're, you're no longer the underdogs. You're not. Everybody's got film. Everybody knows who you are now. This ain't no little fun story. It's a, it's a do it again type thing, right? It's a do it again. Get back to where you are and, and see what you've got. And look, I'm, and like I said, you're a Bengals fan. And I'm being as hard-nosed as I can be because I can be. But I have faith Joe Burrow can do it. I do. I, I, do. I do. I do as well. He's by yeah. far and away the best quarterback in this division. Deshaun Watson's number – Lamar and Deshaun Watson probably on the same level. I would still take Joe Burrow over both of them right now. But you're by far and away the best quarterback in this division. You by far have the best receiving core in this division. And it's not even close. And, and your defense, if you can figure out what your defense is going to do and stop the other idiots in your division, you're going to be in the playoffs again. So that's my thoughts on the division. I, I want to hear what your predictions are because I, I, I have my thoughts on how it will end up. But I want to hear what you have. By the way, the Browns are over under six game six wins uh, for next season. They are. If Deshaun Watson doesn't get suspended for a year, you hammer that over. If he, and yeah, if he does, if stupid. they get the suspension appealed, because I think that so it's a six games or whatever, or yeah. something how stupid it will be. Obviously, we don't want it to be that, but if no. it does, you have to take that. The second that news comes out, I'm doing that. I'm jumping on that line. If it's a six-game suspension, I'm jumping on the line right away and hammering it. I don't want to, but I'm a good better because I'm a good gambler. Uh, all right. So my my predictions for the final standings, I have the Bengals winning the division, but I have them having the same record as last season, 10-7. and seven. My rationale behind that, they can still be better and have a worse record. That extra game kind of gives you the, the mobility and the flexibility plus the extra playoff spot so you don't necessarily – have to win I think 10 11 wins should get you playoffs no matter what with the amount of playoff spots that there are and I think that you can still win the division with the same record um and I'll talk about it when I get to the my next team but they'd win a tiebreaker based on their division record because last season the Bengals were four and two against the division the only two losses that they had were against the Browns funny enough they got swept by the Browns but swept the Ravens and the and the Steelers I gave them the nod in the division because the offensive line has been reestablished. Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Kars, all guys that are going to come in and reestablish a culture on that line. You still got to roll with Jackson Carmen 
and uh, Jonah Williams, two guys that have been there and haven't necessarily proven that they should be in those spots. They're kind of there by default, but I do think that they'll be better and they'll be able to, to block for Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is that dude. Jamar Chase is one of those special receivers. I think we're going to be spending a lot of money on this LSU duo that we have here in the next few years. Uh, hopefully yeah, we're able to lock so. up. Well, yeah, rightfully so. so. They've, they've earned it. Hopefully we lock up Joe and Jamar at the same time and keep them around because they have a special connection. And in that Super Bowl, if the Bengals offensive line was able to just hold off that pass rush a little bit longer, Jamar Chase was wide open and he would have been able to get them at least within field goal range. And who knows how that game ends. So I think they've taken care of at least what they needed to fill on the offensive side. Losing a guy like C.J. Ozama is bad locker room wise, but now this is where you're expecting Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Logan Wilson to step up and be the C.J. Ozama guy. The the locker room rah rah guy gets you get you going. And Drew Sample is a is better blocker and he's a better run after the catch guy. He's more athletic, so you get an upgrade and basically an F. A guy that's been playing a lot and has good ball skills. I think they they got an upgrade in the right spots. The only issue that I see with them is their defense because they don't have Jesse Bates locked up. And yeah, I see the arguments of, of guys saying Jesse Bates was overrated. And I think you can say he had a bad regular season, but what he did in the playoffs, like you almost overlooked what he did in the regular season. Like we didn't give Gabe Landeskog shit when he decided that he was going to have surgery and sat out for the last month and a half of the season. We said, no, we know that you're, you're going to be right. And you're going to be the leader of, of the back uh, of the back half of this year. And when we go on our playoff run, you're going to be a stud. So I still think that they should re-sign Jesse Bates. Doesn't really look like any any movement has happened. That's going to be their only downfall. But I see them at ten and seven, winning the division and finishing first in the AFC North. Obviously, I I don't I necessarily have time to go through each game. I'll, I'll obviously do a little bit better job of predicting records. Um, but I'm right alongside with you. I'm picking the Bengals to win the division. I think we're going to have almost as identical as we as we may have. I think here. Um, or identical division that's possible here, but yeah, I I'm picking it too. I I'm I'm that high on Joe Burrow. I'm not saying this because you're my friend and because I, because I, I because I like Joe Burrow because I do like Joe Burrow, but I do have trust in this team more than the other three teams by far and away. I don't know about ten and seven because 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 the division games get tougher here and there. Oh, the but- the end of their schedule is a, it's week twelve at Tennessee, week thirteen. Uh, you host Kansas City week 14, which is when I think Deshaun Watson could be back off his suspension. You play Cleveland and week 15, you play at Tampa Bay, at New England and it's, Buffalo. It's, like it gets, there's a rough stretch of the season. The Bengals, you're, like I said, you're no longer a little underdog, fun fun story anymore. You're the number one team in your division. You have you two play. teams that are just waiting to give you a shot in the mouth. Like Tennessee and, and Kansas City want nothing more than to beat your ass. Exactly. And you are you are the number one team in your division <clears> last year. <throat> means you play other teams, number one teams in the division. That's how it goes with scheduling. Like I said, you're not you're not beating up on the Jets and the Broncos come week 15, week and we 16. Lost, we, almost lost, we almost lost the Broncos and we lost to the Jets. Exactly. So this this ain't no fun around play against good teams, you're, bad teams. You're playing good teams now. So I, was, I, I think I think this, like I said, I think that's right around the right range for a team to win this division. I think it's going to be ugly. Like I said, I think it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty where they're winning the division all season long. I yeah. think it'll be ugly where they, they, they take their fumbles, but I do think they end up on top. Yeah, this division, like nobody on paper, nobody is that much better than anybody else. The Bengals won the division last year because they started playing the best of the other teams, but that wasn't an on paper thing that you expected. It just happened 
naturally on the field. So I think that's what we're going to see too. And that brings me to my number two pick in this division is the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're going to have a bounce back season. I'm not going to say that all the games that they lost last year were because they were injured, but they were pretty injured. They still got their ass kicked by the Bengals when they were fully healthy two uh, two or three weeks before that too. But uh, they were struggling. Lamar Jackson had COVID twice. So he wasn't himself, his, him, his normal self. I don't like that they got rid of Hollywood Brown and don't really have a receiving threat outside of Mark Andrews, but I do think that they're going to be able to bounce back. They were eight and nine last season, and I think they're going to be able to bounce back, win two more games. They're going to finish 10 and seven and, and lose the tiebreaker to Cincinnati because I think the Bengals are still a better team than them and they'll have a better divisional record. No, I, 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 w- I would agree with that. I'm going to go Ravens too. I'm very hesitant though, very hesitant here. Because I, I, I hate it could all blow up. This this experiment that they're doing with Lamar Jackson could this could be the last season that they're able to do it, and people finally have it actually figured out. Because we say that they have it figured out in the playoffs. I hate what they did in the offseason. Absolutely hate it. Do you think Rashad Bateman is the number one receiver on a good team? You got another thing coming for you, buddy. So uh, if maybe they're in the market for OBJ still, or maybe they're in the market for Antonio Brown. Who knows? But 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 it's it's I don't trust these guys at all. The only reason why I have them ahead of the other two teams is because idiots over there in Pittsburgh up at, at a Crusher Field or whatever the hell it's called um, are, are have an idiot behind quarter, behind quarterback. I I would hesitate and maybe put money on Pittsburgh to finish second in the division because of Tomlin and because he doesn't have only yeah only only because of Tomlin and how good he's going and how good that defense. I'm changing my mind. I'm putting Steelers second because I I like their defense so much with Minka with the Watt with TJ Watt getting Devin Bush back hopefully. That's the reason why I put them second. Uh, And plus having a great running game back with Najee Harris that's going to help them so much. Do obviously look look if Najee Harris does good for them, they're gonna be the second best team in this division. It doesn't matter if it's Shabisky or if it's Pickett. Um, he'll make their lives a, a whole lot easier. And, and so for that reason, because Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons, he literally doesn't. I'm and, and you're telling me that if they get to nine and eight, that they'll be in wildcard position. Yes, I'm taking the Steelers to be second. It's it's not a fun pick, it's a smart pick though. Because if I'm betting on a team to at least come out with an even 500, even though there's no 500 records anymore, and as close to a 500 record as you can, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, the Bengals are going to outperform that, but if there's one team I'm betting on, a team that was uh, 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 that the barely that made the playoffs with a, with a quarterback that was nine, as broken as yeah. he was. 9-7-1 and one last season and made the playoffs. Trubisky as much shit as we give him, will be better than him, right? Well, he will be. He's, there's there's still no guarantee that he's going to have the starting job on, on day one. And, and I, not, I, have the Steelers, I have the Steelers finishing third. I have them finishing with a 9-8 yeah. and eight record. But that could be – I think that there's variation one to two games both ways on all of these records that I picked. So I think the Bengals could finish between 9-8 and eight, and 11-6. and six. And the, the Ravens, same thing. Steelers can be 9-8. and eight to probably 10 and seven would be their ceiling. But, and this is the one piece of advice that I'm ever going to give the Steelers fans. So if you're listening and you're a Schittsburg fan, listen, listen real close, get up, make sure that everything else is turned down. Turn me up in your headphones. You guys should just start Kenny Pickett. 
because you know what's going to happen when you start Mitchell Trubisky. Since he has been proven to not be the guy somewhere else, your fan base is not going to allow him the time to get as good as he needs to be in this system, and you're going to be pining for the young kid anyways, so you might as well just throw out the kid with the tiny hands. And if he does suck, you can lean back on the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is a veteran of the league and he's played before and made, brought a team to the playoffs. He can maybe do that in a relief role. But honestly, if I'm in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm making the decision. This is a quote-unquote competition. Unless Mitch Trubisky throws five touchdowns a day and Kenny Pickett is throwing three to four picks, I think Kenny Pickett should start if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He should be your starting quarterback on day one. I don't think that you should do the the um, Case Keenum, Jared Goff, the uh, Mike Lennon, Mitchell Trubisky, and Mitchell Trubisky would then be in the other part of that situation. I don't think that you should do that. You should just bite the bullet, put the young kid in, and, and make him earn his lumps because that's how that that's how that team's going to be any better than it was last season. Well, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And and the flip flop, I put Ravens third, um, because like I said, they're better than the Browns, still in my opinion. And like I said, I'm, I'm per- we're, look. These predictions are all based upon Deshaun Watson getting a full year suspension, like we hope as happens. So that's why I have the Browns for, and that's why you have the Browns for. I would put the Browns second, maybe contending with the first spot if it's a full season of Deshaun Watson. I don't because because look we're we're separating the allegation side from this. Deshaun Watson is a top ten quarterback in this in this league. With that roster, he's, with, that, with roster, that roster, he's deadly on on with Cleveland. If he's fully he, healthy and doesn't have any rust and doesn't and and it, it wasn't the the guy that we know he is, they are a not just a, a divisional favorite; they're a conference favorite. Like they should be a number one or two seed with the the team that they put together. And and I like Kevin Stefanski. I think Watson's going to do good in his system. So like, yeah, it's that's the shittiest part about the situation is that we're getting robbed of seeing a guy that would be in a much better situation than he was in so far in his career. But he obviously doesn't deserve the privilege of of being able to do that. So I don't feel too bad about it, and I don't feel bad for him about it at all. I, I could care less what he's going through. Like I said, I, I have them finishing. You mentioned I have you have them fourth. I have them fourth. I have the record at five and 12 because I think that he's going to initially get a year suspension. There's going to be a restraining order, get an injunction filed. He's going to be able to play a couple of games here and there. And either the NFL is going to do what they did with Brady and kind of just put their foot down and say, well, it's, it's sticking. You're going to have to sit it out. And he will sit out the whole season or he's going to get like four to five games where he plays. And I can see the Browns winning a few of them. And I have them finishing five and 12 on the season because looking at their schedule, um, they do play Carolina. They play New York. They play Atlanta. Like there's teams they were terrible that, last year. They, they, they got the fourth. I'm pretty sure they were worse in the division. Were they not? They were the worse. They were still worse in the division, but they were beating teams outside of the division. And like I said, they swept the Bengals on the season exactly. both so, times, and and kind of embarrassed them to be honest. Like they they gave the Bengals a little bit of a whooping a couple times. Yeah, um, like I said this is a, this this parody in this division. It's a division. If you're a betting man, like I said, you're a betting man. You you don't you stay away until you hear the news of what Deshaun Watson's penalty is. You don't touch the lines of uh, 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 futures for this division. You don't touch the lines. For winners or last place or whatever, until you hear what the punishment will be, if it's what we hope to be, then you hammer what the Bengals got. If 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 it, if it, if it's a dumbass, freaking uh, flipping a uh, uh, 
suspension, then you have to bet on the Browns. You have to. Like, like it's, it's an almost automatic bet. I hate doing it. I gotta, but, but, I gotta, I gotta throw this out here because now that I'm looking, uh, what's your take on Bengals? Their win total is at over under ten games. I would it be ten and a half? You mean? It's just it's set at ten right now. There's no hook on it. I, first of all, I don't touch that. If it's yeah. not a half, I don't touch that. Um, if I if if it was ten and a half, I would take the under. If it's nine and a half, I'd take the over. But I think it's right there at ten. I wouldn't I, touch I, it. I, like, I, the I, odds I would, on it are plus one hundred five and minus one twenty five. I, I would not touch that because of the strength of schedule. Right, I would not touch that because of that. It, that's that 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 ten that ten games. It's a lot in ten games. Get to ten games, especially with the schedule that you are. I don't doubt they can, but that's not something where I want to. I want to risk my money on and, and push that out there. If I'm looking at a line, you take a flyer on six and a half over for the Browns. That's the only way you take, just because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And once once the news comes out, if you're if you're strong, if you're strong, if you're comfortable with the Bengals winning. The 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 um the AFC, AFC yeah AFC North AFC North yeah you wait until Deshaun Watson's news comes out. Think about this, right? Deshaun Watson he gets eight games, say eight to ten games. Browns number is going to get better, or sorry, the Browns number is going to get better, and 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 the, and the Bengals number is going to get better too. Mm-hmm. Browns are sorry, Browns number is going to get worse. Bengals number is going to get better. Because people are like, well, Deshaun Watson's still good enough. And he is absolutely is. But you bet on you wait on that because if it doesn't go to that point, then you wait to bet on them during the season, because at some point they're gonna have a couple two two losses maybe three losses in a row against very good teams will go on the road back to back to back weeks that they're not gonna be happy with. But it's what happens when you're number one team in the division, and that's when you hammer it again. You wait until you bet on this division. That's I can't stress this enough. I'm a terrible gambler, but man, I know how to bet on teams that when it comes to situations like this. I honestly don't like any of the win totals um, at the beginning of the season. I like them a little bit more as you see the teams play out because to be, to be honest with you, I think that the Texans played a lot better. If I were to go back in time and look at the Texans win total, I probably would have been taking the under no matter what, because they were, I thought that they were going to be bad enough to go possibly one in 16, Oh, and 17. Now I think the Browns this season, what they did, they deserve to go 0-17 and get embarrassed in every single game that they play. No no offense to any of the players that are on the team. I know that it's not your issue. It's the management that needs to be punished because of, of what they did and not really looking into the situation and then making sure that he was going to come out with the least amount of damage, and he still will. It, it, we keep saying that he's probably going to get his year, year suspension reduced, and when he does that, like I said, Whatever he gets suspended for, he is only being penalized on $1 million of his base salary, and he still has $230 million of it that will be guaranteed fully no matter what. He will never not get that money unless he's convicted of a, of a felony murder charge. And even then, I still think that OJ gets his pension. So it's, it's not like he's ever going to be not set financially for life. And we have the Cleveland Browns to thank for that. And I think the Cleveland Browns as an organization deserve to be punished for that. So go 0-17. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go 0-17. I, don't, I don't need to beat a dead horse or beat, beat, beat a dead horse. Um, but like I said, you 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 have to you have to like you have to just take this situation with a grain of salt. Because like I said, we don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. All right. Um that's the so Bengal recap. Bengals number number one. 
Uh, they have the same record tied with the Ravens, but they win the tiebreaker, who I have at number two. I have the Steelers at three and the Browns at four. You had the Bengals one, uh, the Steelers two, the Ravens three, and the Browns four uh, for our division AFC North uh, division predictions. Next week, I'll let you do the Broncos uh, AFC West next week because that one, obviously, that's the hot division to talk about. Right yeah, that's that's the one that everybody wants to actually hear, hear people discuss. So we'll get the Broncos – and we'll let Nico go off on, on this Broncos take um, and be on the lookout. If you're listening to us on our feed, we thank you for following. Be sure, just go right now, wherever you're listening, check out the Variety Sports Network because we're going to be starting to make appearances on other people's shows. A lot of people want to talk about the Broncos. People want to talk about the Bengals. There's other, like, the now that we're under Variety Sports, there's a lot of other shows that we can go on. So follow that feed because you never know where one of the two of us or maybe both of us at the same time will pop up and we're going to start having some collaborations with those, those guys on. I know I want to get the seventh inning stretch guys on to do a baseball segment because baseball, I, I, right now, I guess it deserves to be covered a little bit more than what we're, what we're giving it. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll be on the lookout, follow variety sports. Uh, we'll hopefully have a link tree back up and running soon, but if not, we'll have some place where all of the links will be consolidated, uh, but it's at variety underscore sports underscore on their on their social media and they have a link tree with all of their stuff so youtube channel both feeds on spotify and apple Podcasts for all of the variety sports network shows um let's get to start start bench cut we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here all right, all right, all right. I, I i have obviously i'm thinking of this on the fly because i've been working my ass off the last two weeks but we're gonna go pre-game meals start start bench cut first one we got we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Um, spaghetti meatballs, classic. I know you're Italian. This is probably once we started. The second one will be chicken and rice. Chicken and rice mm-hmm. always, always comes through. Um, oh, give me, a, give me a third meal. Um, we had hamburgers quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go ground beef. Um, ground 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 beef like pasta with with i don't know something along but ground ground beef uh uh protein meat or, yeah so like a like a burger or burger or steak yeah burger or steak Ste- steak and potatoes there you go steak and, steak potatoes. and potatoes okay um well in honor of the great paul sorvino mafia movie legend passing away unfortunately at 83 earlier today i'm gonna have to start meatballs spaghetti meatballs because that's not only a good pregame meal, that's that's my comfort food. That's what Nona yeah. likes to make. Grandma likes to make the meatballs and likes to have the Italian the, the spaghetti. Like I have some of my grandma's spaghetti and meatballs up in the fridge right now. I still like that's comfort food that gets me in the right mind frame. I kind of like it the day before the game, though. I don't like it if it were, you know, how they used to give us the meal on the day of the game. I ate it, but I didn't get to eat as much as I wanted of it. When my mom, yeah. yeah, when my mom used to make it the day before the game, that was where you could pig out and then you don't eat because on game day I couldn't eat anyways, but you pig out the night before and then you're still full and you only have to get like small things down throughout the rest of the day because you know, I was a psycho and, and got all worked up and, and everything like that. Um, I don't know why my, my video just cut out there, but that, that'll be fun for the YouTube channel. Um, I am benching the, uh, I'll bench the chicken and I'll bench the chicken and rice. Cause I do. I think the I, steak yeah. Cheese. yeah. Um, 
because steak is so like, I need a steak to be cooked a certain way. And a lot of the times for pregame meal, it's so mass produced that it's going to be either way overcooked or way undercooked. And there was one time it was, it's a different meal, but it still stands because it was, it was beef, but they made us burgers and did not cook the burgers at all. Like they were still cold in the middle. You can hold it up and like look through it and then you poke your finger and it just all disintegrates. So I would much rather like, yes, chicken is just as easy to screw up, but you can season it, put like a good sauce or, or garlic added to it. And plus the rice. I, I don't know. I like that. That's definitely one the day of a game that I would eat. So that's my bench. And then I'll cut the, the steak and potatoes. Like I said, I have, I like beef a certain way and steak is really chewy. And a lot of the times I don't really, it's just a little bit, not, it's not my thing. I like it every now and then, but it's not something that I seek out to go and get a steak. That's not, I guess I'm not that kind of guy. So that, that's fair. I, I, I may surprise you here a little bit. I think I, I may surprise you a little bit. Are you going to, dis- you're going to you're disappoint your Italian ancestors, aren't you? I am. First of all, number one, not even close. Chicken and rice. I love chicken and rice. I that's that's. I'm starting that easily. That's 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 like a that's that's something like because when I eat, I I don't eat much before games. I'm a guy that doesn't eat a lot, so I eat very little. So mm-hmm. so take that into to account, Jimmy. Well, well yeah, no, to, I said the same thing. But, and they, you're supposed to give your dog chicken and rice when their stomach is upset. So that makes total sense. Exactly. So so so, so all my Italian brethren. I don't. I fall into that category, even though you don't think I do. I do. Come half there, so I'm cutting or I'm benching uh, steak and and potatoes because I like a, like not necessarily potatoes, but I like having steak a little bit of raw meat or look not raw meat a little little grit in my food before I go out and play. Like I said, a little bit of grit, good for the soul. And I love pasta after me. Yeah. For whatever reason, it doesn't sit well before against me. I don't know why, but the all because because look, I'm, I'm the red 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 sauce to me sometimes. I'm, I'm a light sauce guy. I am. Red sauce can come. You're sometimes such, you're so tongue. northern Italian. It's not even I funny. Know, I know. You like I basically am. Swiss I, Alps Italian. <laughs> I I know I am. I will eat pasta after me every day of the week. That's number one. Not even close. Yeah. But when it comes to pregame meals, it has to be. Cut, unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately. That's just because because I don't eat much at, or if at all before games. Like that's just how that's how I all, how I've always been. Didn't matter if it was a six a.m. or a seven a.m. game, lacrosse game, across town. That my parents said, shove this down your throat so you have some energy. I'm like, no, just give me a damn yogurt and let me carry on with my day yeah. <laughs> and not eat till one o'clock in the afternoon. That's how I was, unfortunately, but. Yeah, if if like I said I love chicken and rice because I think chicken, the chicken and rice just hits it hits perfectly. Tokyo Joe's especially hits perfectly. Little Hibachi Junior, beautiful. Um, pasta has to be after. Has to be after. I'm sorry, it has to be after. Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. I I was gonna call you a chooch because I just got a sticker from my truck that's on the back that says "Don't be a chooch," but I. I see where you're coming from, so I'll, I'll accept your rationale and the fact that you're eating it at I, some I, point. I, I, I'll, I'll, I, you can keep your Italian. You can you can keep I doing this. I appreciate the sympathy and, and and you still taking me in. Yeah, no, you're obviously it's it's a, we're we're messing around here. Um, no, I think to uh, the the meals that, like when in college our games would be at one o'clock, so the pregame meal was breakfast. 
and I hated when the pregame meal was breakfast. There was, and I, I think I told the story, but I think, I don't know if you met Tim or, or not, but I had a roommate um, and he was 6'5 and 315 pounds and we ate breakfast. It was the last game of the season and it was not like nothing was good. I think the sausage was raw and the eggs were uncooked and runny. Like everybody did not feel good. I was, we had a nose, I had a nose guard over the top of me and I was in my stance and I burped in his face and I could hear him like audibly gag. And then Tim got like food poisoning the night after. So I hate breakfast as a pregame meal and any of the buffet breakfasts where they're not cooking you actual food. I would avoid those at all costs. Like you're going to, you're going to poop your pants. And unfortunately as a center, people have to go, go in there. So it's not polite to poop your pants as a center. Yeah. I, (laughs) yeah, no, no, like you said, that's why I'm a light eater before games. Absolutely a light eater. It's not even a question. I said, I will be jacked up on Gatorade, jacked up on Powerade. I will drink my meal, basically, to get me going. (laughs) I am not a person that needs the food to fuel. No, it's – people are different that way. And uh, that was a good – I like that one on the fly. It was a good start bench cut. Um, That's going to wrap us up here on on episode 102 of the Far End of the Bench podcast presented by the Variety Sports Network. Real quickly, let's rattle off one more time all of the promo codes and sponsorships for the Variety Sports Network. Row1brand.com. Uh, 15% off anything in the art gallery when you use code VSP15. That's VSP15, 15% off anything in the art gallery when you use that code. Triple A's Treats, 10% off any order when they mention, when you guys mention Variety Sports Network. So go to Triple A's Treats and uh, check out their website, order some nice, tasty uh, sports fe- themed food, and you get 10% off your order when you mention Variety Sports Network. In the Clutch Sports, 10% off your whole order with code Variety Sports, that's all one word, all caps, and uh, www.bonfire.com slash store slash variety dash sports dash network. And that's where you can check out the merchandise for everything like that. Follow Variety Sports Network at variety underscore sports underscore. And wherever you're listening to this show, if it's not on the Variety Sports Network feed, uh, if you be sure to go follow them. If it is on Variety Sports Network, follow our own podcast feed. We appreciate it. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to follow us at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out the new content that we have coming for you. We're on Zoom this week. We'll be back in person here when Nico's back in town. But uh, we're one of the we're, we're excited to be working with VSN, and we're super pumped. You guys seem to like our uh, debut on on that network. And like I mentioned, we'll be going on a lot of their shows. A lot of guys want to get us on for guest spots, and we'll have guests of our own coming on to these shows. So Nico was. 102, uh, two down on Variety Sports Network. I think that we're just getting better as the day, as the agreement goes on here. Oh yeah, we're just we're just getting started over here. The head, like I said, heads will roll. We're rolling with the we're rolling with the wind. Like I said, we got UFC stuff we're talking about. Like I said, we're we're diverse. We're, we're we 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 embrace variety in our lives. We go. can we can jump from Patty to to, to the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and Baltimore Ravens to Cincinnati Bengals like that. Ain't no problem about it. So, so and look, like I said, we're hunting. And if you're a brand new listener to the show, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you having you on. Welcome, welcome to the bench. You're a bench over now, officially. So, welcome.
come. And, and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna be jumping around across, so don't expect us just to cover football, just to cover UFC, just to cover hockey, just to cover basketball. Yes, most of you guys from Variety Sports Point that we probably just knows from hockey right now. It's a big sport of ours, but it's not our main sport. I'm just saying. So expect a lot more content in the, in the upcoming weeks. Like I said, with my travel schedule, I'm I'm I'm, I'm we're we're, we're uh, spotty with with putting episodes out. So, but we'll be consistent getting you guys once a week. It may just be over Zoom instead of our great, wonderful videographer doing it in person. Yeah, we'll uh we'll, we'll continue to to get everything, all the sports content, and uh, keep you guys updated with everything going on so far in the bench. Like Nico said, we embrace all you new bench warmers. We appreciate you being here. Follow the Variety Sports Network. But for myself, Jimmy Palato, my co-host Nico Bryant, this has been Far Into the Bench, episode 102, presented by Variety Sports. Be sure to check us out. We will see you guys next week. This is the blues I'm playing Yes, it's a final thing When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar belt was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices that made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. 